0: You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening, let's check it out. Listen, go with me to Psalms chapter 37. As you're turning there, I want to, uh, you know, talk about a couple things. Um, One is, we do have the Inspire Conference coming up. You know, I looked at Hosanna and I said, "She's either going to go to battle or rob a bank." I mean, she's like, I'm I'm waiting for her to pull that that beanie over her face or something, you know? And so she looks pretty cool, though. I don't know where she was. I keep looking out the window trying to figure out what city that is, and I can't figure that out. But anyway, she's going to be here. Of course, uh, Tasha Layton's going to be here to lead some praise and worship. Of course, Miss Julie is going to be here to speak, and uh, and uh, and that whole team has worked so hard, guys. Miss Julie and that whole team of ladies work on this. They start on this, uh, gosh, I don't know, right after it, it's over, uh, they start on this event for you all, and it's, we're doing it here in Roswell to make it available, just like we did Joy of Marriage, to, to more people, more ladies. Right now, we have the largest number we've ever had attend right now, but man, there's still, what, about 40-something days out, we're still... Five, six weeks out, I mean, there's still plenty of time to sign up, bring a friend, invite some people, pay for some people to come, some ladies to come, and come and join. They have that Inspire Praise and Worship Night coming up, too. I never know the dates, but come out for that, man. That'll be awesome. Ladies, God is setting aside you, saying this is, this is just the women's time to come together and spend time with God and each other. Take advantage of those moments. You don't get them all the time. Um, we also have peak treatment, foster care out there. You know, guys, we have over 2,000 children in foster care in New Mexico, only 700 parents uh, in dropping, that number's dropping. Man, I can't think of anybody, anything uh, better to do as a Christian um, if it's in your heart. You have, to, you have to desire to do this. You have to have a desire because this isn't easy. Uh, and I always tell people, never bring a child into your home that's older than any of your other children. Not older than any of your other children needs to be the youngest among you. And so, But if you have any kind of desire to do this, they need treatment foster care parents. Uh, man, they're, 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 pretty, they're getting pretty desperate with CYFD and the treatment foster care. I don't know where they're putting all these kids, but they don't have homes. And I, I don't want the world to get them. I want Christians to, to take these kids. That's the only hope these kids will have. So if God puts it in your heart, pray about it. Make sure you want to do it because it's not easy. Amen? But it's doable, and you have a lot of support, and you have our support, and you'll have God's support if he puts it in your heart. Then the last thing is our security team needs 20 men and women to join the security team. You know, we have faith in God that he protects us, but, you know, faith and wisdom work together. And so we have a whole security team that are that are highly trained. We've had uh, our deputy chief in charge of all our police department led that and still part of that. Uh, Bernie, who's, who trains the Secret Service, uh, in the uh, Border Patrol. He trains all kinds of people out at Fletzi. He's ahead of that right now. So we have highly trained people that train our people. And a lot of our people, you don't have to be, but a lot of our people, ex-military or police actively or been, been, been officers of some type. And so, but we need men and women to join that team to help protect our families. Amen. To use the wisdom of God. So if you want to be part of that, please uh, go to the information desk, sign up for that. Bernie or someone will be in touch with you. Pastor Sergio will be in touch with you concerning that. Listen, Isaiah uh, chapter 6 verse 3, we read from there last Sunday where God said, or uh, the angels, this great seraphim say to God, holy, holy, holy. And I said, they say it again in Revelations, Revelations 4 eight. It describes those angels even in more detail. It says that their wings have eyes on them, that their wings are covered in eyes. And I don't know if that looks like a, a peacock, you know, or what it is, but man, it says their wings, the six-winged seraphim have, have eyes all over their wings. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that looks like. That's just kind of weird, but it must be really cool uh, because God made it. And everything he makes is cool. And so, uh, made them. And so, anyway, and it describes in Revelations 4, 8 that they say, holy, holy, holy. And we talked about last week that there's no, other, there's no other word in the Bible that is repeated three times concerning God's character. Not love, 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 hope, 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 peace, 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 joy, 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 none of that. Faith, 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 it's not said of God like that. Only holy, holy, holy. So, every aspect of God's character is infused with His holiness. His love is holy, his wisdom is holy, his faith is holy, his hope is holy, his peace is holy. Holy is connected to every characteristic of God. His judgment is holy, his wrath is holy. Every part of God is holy. What does that mean? It's perfect. It's set apart. It's different than anything else we would ever experience. It could ever experience. God is different. He's set apart. He's set above all of creation, the entire universe. He's set above it all. He's set above. He is separate from everything else. He is holy. He is perfection personified in every aspect. And because He's holy, sin cannot exist in His presence. But God loves us, and, and we're going to read a scripture here in just a moment that talks about balancing his love and his justice and his mercy in order to, in order to balance out his justice, his holiness, his holiness's demand for justice, for things to be made right. In his mercy, he sent Jesus. He had to send Jesus. A man named Adam sinned, and we all fell, and we're all born into that fall. But another man named Jesus came, except he wasn't fully man. He was fully God in man, and his holy blood was the sacrifice needed to justify God's justice and to show us mercy, and now there's a mercy door open. There's a door of mercy open to every human being to walk through in this life. You can't walk through it after you die. You got to walk through it while you're living, amen, and it's open, and it's wide open to us, and so you know, there's some things that I want you to realize as we're reviewing this that Paul in 1 Timothy one three, and we're not going to turn to a lot of these scriptures, he just basically said, he said, listen, I was ignorant to what the truth was, and so God showed me mercy. But then he writes, he writes in uh, Romans 10.3 to the, to the people in, in Rome. He's saying, you're not ignorant. You know what is right, and you still won't do it. And there's a different judgment that comes on people who know what to do and don't do it than people who are ignorant. You know, even with our own children, when children just don't know, I'm like, man, you shouldn't do that. And they go, man, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that was wrong. I mean, I have a different. It just like lowers my blood pressure like. Like, okay, you didn't know. Okay, you didn't know. But then after I tell them two or three times, now they know. Then when they do it, that it's like, hold on a second. Now that's you're acting out in rebellion. God, God is merciful to those who don't know. But those who do know, there's a different, he said, man, I, I'm going to pour out some anger on you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to correct you. You know what? When my children know what to do when they were little and they didn't do it, I corrected them. They knew. I'm like, you knew. I told you not to do that. You're going to get correction. Again, there's a different level, uh, there's a different response from God to ignorance than there is to knowing and just being in outright rebellion. There's a different response to his people. And I believe God put this message of holy, holy, holy on my heart because he's calling the church out. He's calling the body of Christ. He's calling people out of darkness always. He's always calling people out of darkness, but he's calling his people called by his name who say, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, I heard a comedian say the other day, he said, man, I think God wants to teach us a lesson by giving us teenagers. (laughs) He said, he wants us to know what it feels like to actually be providing everything, but acting like we don't exist. He said, I don't know why we send 15-year-olds to school, because they know everything already. He said, I don't know how old Satan was when he fell out of heaven, but I bet he was 15. <laughs> he said this. He said, I make up stuff, just random facts just, that are not true, just to hear my child say, yeah, I know that. <laughs> just to remind myself that they really don't know everything. And you know, just like uh, someone will look at you when you tell them something, and they'll go, I know, but they're still doing it. Listen, church family, when it comes to this right here, holy, 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 we need to be real careful saying I know and then just keep on doing the exact opposite of what God is saying is holy. We gotta be, we gotta be real careful. And I, I'm gonna explain why we need to be real careful. one, Jesus said, Don't you dare treat my blood as common. People treat Jesus' blood like it's just common, like it doesn't mean anything, like it's just common blood, like they had a nosebleed, and that's a well, who cares? Man, God said, Be careful, do not treat my son's holy blood. Why? Because it's holy. Don't treat Jesus' holy, sacred blood like it's common. How do you treat it like it's common? You act like it has no impact on your life. You say, I know, I know his blood was holy, but got a butt in there. In Matthew 25, he says he separates the sheep from the goats. Why does he call those who go to hell goats? Because they always got a butt. But There's always a butt. There's always a butt in there. Yeah, I'd go to church, but yeah, I'd do that, but yeah, I would, yeah, I'd like to do that, but yeah, I'd serve God, but yeah, I'd do that, but they always have some justification of why they're not answering this call to be set apart. Guys, the body of Christ was always supposed to be set apart, set apart. We're supposed to be different than the world. We're human beings just like they're human beings, but, and we have the same, We face some of the same issues that they face, some of the same problems, some of the same temptations, uh, exactly the same temptations, exactly the same stuff, but we handle it different because we're holy. We're set apart. We're different the way our God is different. And he expects us to conduct our lives like that. He does. And he he loves us so much. I love it. I told you to turn to Psalm 37. I didn't read it, but I'm going to read it now. It says this, when Yahweh, the Lord, delights in how you live your life, he establishes your every step. God wants to delight in how we live our life. Then he says, if, if, if you stumble, if they stumble badly, badly, they will still survive, for the Lord lifts them up with his hands. Man, God's such an encourager, even when we stumble badly, even when we, it's bad, man, it's bad. It's bad. The decision we made, the thing we acted on is bad. He said, I'll still, if you'll trust me, I'll still hold you up with my hands. I love how good God is, how merciful and how graceful God is. We say at church on the move, he's not a God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance because that's who is, that's his heart. But he looks in our heart To see what we're thinking and what our motives are, and and really what we what we're passionate about, and how we really how we honor him or not honor him. He looks at those things, and those things are going to make a huge difference when we face him. I said those things are going to make a huge difference when we face him. Uh, Go with me to, um, gosh, where we going to go here. Go with me to Romans chapter three. Man, how beautiful, this this scripture is so incredible. Romans chapter three, we'll start reading verse 25. It says, Jesus' God-given destiny was to be a sacrifice to take away sins and now he he is our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. We talked about last week that in the Jewish temple, there were three veils, and the third veil housed the mercy seat, and that's where only the high priest could go and sprinkle blood. He was the only one that could do it, it was all in secret. You know, Jesus changed everything because he became the mercy seat, and he sprinkled his blood not privately behind a veil, but publicly for all to see. Why? Because that blood was just for the Jews. His blood was for everyone. That, that believed in it, that didn't treat it like it was common, but that it was holy, it was special, it was a price paid for our lives. And so he, he says he's become the mercy seat. We come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> the holy blood of Jesus this is the perfect demonstration of God's justice because until now he had been so patient holding back his justice out of his tolerance or patience for us. So he covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. And when the season of tolerance or patience came to an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness, his holiness, is to still, and still be true to both, listen to this, to both his justice and his mercy the only way he could be true to his justice and mercy was to offer up his own son. So now, because because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous, holy in his eyes because of Jesus and Jesus alone. I said because of Jesus and Jesus alone. But you got to treat his blood like it's sacred. The thing I love about God is he looks past all the exterior. He looks past all the cosmetic. He looks past all the talent, all the ability. He looks past it all. He looks past everything and looks right to the heart of a person and and looks to see if that's the place, because that's the only place that he looks to see our true intentions, our true motives, and to see if our love for him, our honor of him is genuine, genuine, genuine. If it's real, everybody's looking for real. Well, it can't be real to anybody else until it's real to us. That on the inside of us, it's real that Jesus' blood was sacred and is a price paid for my sin and your sin. It It was the price, holy blood for sinful blood. An innocent man for guilty men. Man, I, I, I love Jesus for that. I, I said, I love Jesus for that, that he paid my price. And anybody else that would believe on him, he paid their price too. He paid the price to purchase us back from sin, sin dominating our lives on this earth and destroying our lives here and helping us destroy other people's lives and eternal death forever. He purchased us back from sin and death and bought us. So now we can live by the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus. We can live a life alive here, and we can, we'll live forever in a place called heaven, and we'll be really alive there. Life in abundant life. I love him that he paid that price. I'll never forsake that or give that up no matter who else does or what else happens. I'll never give up. Why? Because he paid that price for me. And when you, when you carry that in your heart, there's a passion. There's something that happens inside of you that you start, your desires start to change. Why? Because when you receive that in your heart, something happens. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, and he now calls upon us and, try, and starts to teach us how to live holy, how to live set apart from the evil culture of the world, how to live set apart from it. From the inside out, not the outside in, not cosmetically and acting like we're something we're not, but real. From the inside out, it's real. We know it's real, and people around us eventually figure out by our fruit that it's real. And Jesus paid that price, and that's something we need to honor and respect. And if we don't, there's a price that comes with it. Let me say it again. If you don't, there's a price that comes with it. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Man, we're going to look at several scriptures here. It's so important that we understand this, that we grab a hold of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9, it says, Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. People who practice it. What does it mean to practice? It means you do it over and over and over, and you're getting better at it. You just do it, and you're getting better at it. And here's what, here's the problem with practicing sin. It, becomes, it just becomes normal to you. It's like anything else you do over and over again. You just get used to it. It just becomes normal. You know, when I had COVID, um, Dr. Dave would get on me. He'd me every day, hey, get up, walk around, take that. Take that oxygen off and start moving around. you got to clear your lungs. you got to get your lungs stronger. And I would literally, I would walk around my recliner. And I, he said, you got to go 15, 20 minutes. Man, I'd be exhausted after five. But I would just make myself. I just, And I would time it to the, to the minute because I could hardly breathe. But I would make myself. And, and then sometimes I'd have to grab the oxygen. he said, say, put it on if you have to. But you start walking. you got to start moving. Why? Because if you lay down too long. If you lay down too long and you don't start moving again, you don't start, you're going to die. Your your body's going to get used to it and just going to start going backwards. And so I would do it, man. I would make myself do that. I'd make myself do these breathing treatments he taught me. You know, I'd breathe in real deep and hold my breath as long as I could and breathe it out. I mean, I did those things like clockwork. Ask my wife, man, I was on it. And I, because I wasn't gonna settle. Let me say it again, I wasn't gonna settle for just that being my normal. And sometimes when you're in sin, you just start settling and it becomes your normal because the more you practice it, the harder your heart gets. You sear your heart like, okay, this is how it is. And then you become, you grow an appetite. Things you practice, you grow an appetite for. You know, I still eat McDonald's. You know, people made fun of President Trump for eating McDonald's. I'm like, man, I sat on my bicycle, couldn't wait for the first McDonald's to open up in my town. We rode every day. We heard about McDonald's, and we rode every day. We'd sit, and we'd just watch. I mean, we'd sit there for 30, 40 minutes, just watch the construction, you know, and stuff. We thought that was cool anyway, and we'd just we ride back, you know, go do our thing. We'd come back, watch it for that McDonald's, see when it was done, see when it was open. As soon as it was open, the first day I went and ate there. And then my, my my junior high was real close to it and we had open campus back then. I would run. I'd only have 30 minutes. I'd take off sprint. Me and a bunch of other guys, we'd sprint and get to McDonald's, and I'd get two Big Macs, two large fries, and two drinks. I'd just devour it. Thank God for high metabolism, right? And then we'd run, we we wouldn't we wouldn't sprint as fast back. We'd kind of hit a little jog back. <laughs> we'd be so full. You know, but man, I developed a taste, and even now, I every mean, once in a while, because I've, I've, you know, I was like eight, nine years old. That was almost, gosh, it's uh, almost 50 years ago, if not longer, 52 years ago, something like that. I mean, I've developed a taste. Every once in a while, I'm driving around. I just, I just thing just rises up in me. Man, a Big Mac sounds good. <laughs> Why? Because I practiced. I practiced for 50 years eating those Big Macs. You eat too many Big Macs, you're going to get a big gut and a big booty, too. That's a... And so, but, you know, you practice it. You develop an appetite for it. And that's why God says we shouldn't be practicing sin anymore. What should we be practicing? Holy, being set apart, because then that becomes your normal. And that's what you become good at, and that's what you crave. When you practice holy. He said, you who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. Oh, this is so powerful. Stop being deceived. Church family, I, God's calling us out. He's calling us out. Man. He's saying, holy, 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 separate yourself. from.' doesn't mean we don't work. It doesn't mean we don't buy. It doesn't mean we don't live. It just means we're different when we go through those things. We're different. We act the way God wants us to act. And when we don't, we don't run away from him, we run to him. When, there's, when we have bad times, we run to him, not away. Good times, we run to him, not away. Just day-to-day stuff, we run to him, not away. He said, don't be deceived. People who continue, everybody say continue, to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, Adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. Will not. You keep practicing that, you'll get good at it. Your heart will become hard to it. Man, I've talked to people... Living together and just in different situations and circumstances um, sexually. And man, just for all the young people to know, there is a sex that's sinless, uh, that has no sin attached to it, and that's in marriage between one man and one woman. Right. Then that sex is sinless. You can hang from the chandeliers at that point. <laughs> Your husband's like, Pastor said we can buy a chandelier, honey. I, I don't even know what that is, but let's go get one of those. If you you can swing from it. It's true. I don't want people to think it's not true that every form of sexuality is sin. No, it's not. That's a lie from the devil, too. It's not. Sin in sex is not sin. Or sex in Sex and marriage is not sin. And so, but but this other type is. He, he describes it. He said, it's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles. Isn't that true? I mean, I was a fornicator, man. I, I lived in this lifestyle at one time. You know, I have a question for you, for some of you in the church. I love you. I want you to know I love you. God loves you. And God's reaching out to you. He's, he's trying to show you some mercy right now, just like he's shown me much mercy. He wants to show you much mercy. But I have a question for you. Would it be okay if I just lived with Miss Julia, and never married her? Would that be all right? Would it be okay if I cheated on her three and four times? Would that be okay? Then why is it okay for any of you sitting in here? Why is it okay for anybody watching online? If it's not okay for me, why would it not be okay for you he didn't say pastors here. He said people, my people, my people, my kids. I'm one of you. Why is it okay for you and not for me? It's not okay for me and it's not okay for you. I believe God. God God's judgment always starts in the house of the Lord. And man, his judgment starting to be poured out. And he's trying to help us. He's trying to, he's trying to correct us before it costs us. So, take the correction. Come out of that. Come out of that. Some people, man, say that maybe I'm I'm hard on homosexuality. Man, I'm not hard on it. I treat it just like adultery and fornication is. Adultery's caused more damage than any of those other sexual sins. But I still call them out. They want to the world wants to normalize that that that's not only normal it's beautiful. Guys, it's not normal and it's not beautiful. It will cost you heaven. And I don't want it to cost you heaven. I don't want it to cost you or anybody you love or care for heaven. And parents, I had parents come and basically attack me the last time I talked about this issue. And people left the church over it. We lost several people. How dare you? How dare you speak about my cousin, my daughter, my son, this person? You're going to cause them to commit suicide. Guys, it's not God's love and his correction speaking to people that cause them to commit suicide. It's their lifestyle and the demonic possession and, and, and demonic interaction that drives people to give up and commit suicide it's demonic it's not from god they're pointing at god and his people for calling this sin and saying you're you better stop or these people will die listen it's that's not causing the death it's the sin that's causing the death god's voice at church on the move is mercy grab a hold of it now grab a hold of it now Grab a hold of it now. Come out from that. Stop it. Stop practicing this sin. And come back and be separated out. And let's be a people. We're not perfect, but we're going to be separated out. Be separated out. That we're different from this culture and we're different from this world. We act different. We live different. We love differently. We give differently. He said, Come out. He said, It is true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles, but now, but now you have been purified from sin, made holy, and given a perfect standing before God, all because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of our God. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, He's called us out and called us holy and righteous because of Jesus' holy blood. He sees us now through holy blood. Many of us were caught in all kinds of sins, sexual and otherwise. man. But we got free. If we can get free, you can get free. If we can fight, you can fight. If we can resist, you can resist. You have the same spirit inside of you that we have. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is He. He's holy. 1 Peter 1, 15, 16 says, Be holy as I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. Be set apart. Be set apart. I'm going to give you a couple steps to holiness, and here's the first one. The first step is honor. Honor. Romans chapter 1, if you'll go with there with me. Or Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Says this, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender ourselves to God and to be a sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Our genuine expression of worship is that we live apart, that we honor God at such a level. We, we, we respond to his marvelous mercy, his unbelievable grace and mercy to us that we choose to be set apart and say, we're going to conduct our lives differently. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that's how we're going to live. That's the direction we're going to go, is that direction. Is that direction we're going to go that direction we're going to follow jesus we're going to follow Jesus. I said last week in matthew twenty five that God separates the sheep and the goats and and uh, he said he said to the sheep, you know basically you've been Enter into my kingdom. You're going to live in heaven forever. And he says to the goats, you followed Satan and his demons. He said, I created hell for the devil and his demons. I created hell. Let me say it again. I created hell for the devil and his demons. But you chose to follow Satan, his way of life. And because you followed him, you're going to go where he's leading. He's leading to hell forever. You're going to go with him because that's who you followed. But those who follow Jesus are going to go to heaven. We have a choice who we follow, and there's only two choices. You either follow the devil and the world's thinking, or you follow God and his thinking. It's that simple. It's two plus two equals four. God is good and holy and leads to heaven and died for our sins to rescue us. He died to save us. Satan hates us and is evil. He's the father of lies and deception and he's and he's the father of sin and death. He's leading to death. He leads to sin and greater sin. He destroyed. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give life and abundant life. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life here and then he wants you he knows he's already sentenced he doesn't have a way out so he knows where he's going and he's trying to drag drag as many people as possible with him and Jesus is trying to save as many people and we're right in the middle of this this battle this war is for our eternal lives and guess what God gave human beings choices Said, you choose which, who you're going to follow. But he said, we shouldn't be following Satan and Jesus at the same time. Choose one. Choose one. Choose. Love what Joshua said. Choose Jesus' day who you will follow. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me in this house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to keep on pressing in. When we fall, we're going to pick each other up. We're going to be part of God's rescue plan all the time. We're going to be with each other on our best days and on our worst days. But we're standing together, and we're going to continue to pursue Jesus. We're going to continue to pursue Jesus. Come out. Guys, this is for the church family. Come Come out. Come out. Come out before it's too late for you. Come out of sin. Come out of that lifestyle. Make a commitment to honor God. Now, I talked to someone the other day, that, and I've heard this story a hundred times. I'm not picking on this person. But they said, man, basically what they told me is, they said, I used to go to church, but I'm too busy. I'm too busy for God. I'm too busy for church. And then today I found out that RYFL handed out equipment today. Starting early this morning, they started handing out football. Let me tell you what, what's happened in our culture in Roswell. When, when my kids were little, uh, my older son, Tyler, never played on a Wednesday night. But by the time my second son got older, now they're playing football games on Wednesday night. Now they're giving out equipment on Sunday morning. The people making those decisions are so, they, they have no fear and no reverence of God. Zero and I don't care who they are. I care less who they are. And if the body of Christ doesn't stand up and starts calling some things out, it's, they have all day today. They could have done it at 2 o'clock. They could have done it at 3 o'clock. No, they did it first thing this morning on Sunday. No reverence, no honor of God whatsoever. My son Cody, I pulled him out of those games on Wednesday night. I'd say, he's played to this, and he's coming with me. Not because, you know, we understand that Sunday is a, is a day that God talked about in the Ten Commandments. is that, But he said any day. Any day you, we call a Sabbath. Well, we call Wednesday too. So I'm, my kids, I'm going to teach my children nothing's more important than God. Because when they put anything in front of God, I know their life is going to end up being shipwrecked. And so I'm not going to teach them that. So my, sometimes my son would play the whole game if they played early. Sometimes he'd play a half. Sometimes he wouldn't show up at all. I'd just pull them all out. Why? Because I wasn't going to ever let my children defy them, define themselves as I'm a football player before I'm anything. No, they're going to need to be men of God. We see people, even that go the highest levels of professional sports that aren't men of God, and their lives are shipwrecked. Why? Because they've been told all their life, "You're you're a basketball player, you're a football player, you're this. Listen, you can be all that and have all that success. God's okay with that. But if that's who you are, man, there's a shipwreck coming because that's an idol, and idols always wreck your ship. You don't honor God, you're in trouble. If you've never seen the movie Chariots of Fire, and I don't always agree with some of that, but, man, this guy refused to run on Sunday because, man, it was... It was was the day he was going to honor the Lord. This is the Olympics. He would have probably won the gold medal. Man, I salute him. If you've never seen it, Chariots of Fire is a great movie, man, but he stood for the Lord. He loved the Lord. He ended up being a missionary in China and giving his life to spread the gospel in China. You wonder if more people would have done that if we would be dealing with a godless China that's trying to rule the world right now. He did. I salute people who take those kind of stands. I salute people who said, I'm going to honor God, man. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to gather with God's people and worship together and pray together and praise together and hear the word together. I'm bringing my kids to church. When men bring their kids to church, 80% of those children will serve God and come back come. if they ever leave the church they'll come back if women do only 25% men that's how important it is that you're here in church and you bring your children they're looking at you i said they're looking at you man you can be a tough guy you can be all the things you want to be but if you don't know jesus your life's going to end up being a curse on you and you're going to curse everyone around you You might do a little dab of good, but it's not going to make up for anything else, all the damage you do. I've seen it over and over and over again. First thing that we have to do is honor God. One pastor said this. He said, man, we shouldn't be afraid of failure. What we should be afraid of is succeeding at something that doesn't matter. Let me say it again. He said, we shouldn't be afraid of failure. But we should be really afraid of succeeding at something that doesn't matter. I don't know what people are going to offer to God on the day of judgment. I lived to be a great singer, Lord. That's not enough. You could have been a great singer and still loved me. I live for money. Although, that's, that's idol worship. And no one that serves idols is entering my kingdom. That's what God's going to say. You don't want to succeed at something that's not going to make any difference in your eternal life or anybody else's eternal life. What you want to do in honor of God, and what it said in Romans 12, 1, is submit your whole life to God. What what part of it? Every part. My money, my sex life, my job, how I act at work, how I act when I'm not at work, how I treat my wife, how I treat my husband, how I raise my kids. And again, no one's going to be perfect at this, but God expects us to be growing and moving forward. He said, I'll guide your step. If you'll delight in me, he said, "I'll, I'll establish your steps. Otherwise, I'll establish your steps so much that you won't be doing a bunch of this. You'll be doing this. And you'll grow closer to me. And the closer you draw to me, the the holier your life will get. The more separated out your life will be. And the greater example of my goodness living inside of you will you be to everybody else around you. God's calling the body of Christ to be separated and be holy. To be holy, to be separated out. Again, not when we don't go to work and we don't dress cool. Jesus dressed cool. They gambled for his clothes. He had to dress pretty cool if they gambled for his clothes. I don't know if I die in these clothes today. Anybody's going to say, hey, man, we need to to throw some craps for those clothes, you know. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. But they gambled for his. The Roman soldiers did. Had to have some value. He dressed cool. It's not a matter of, 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 you know, being perfect. He didn't dress, he didn't dress uh, uh, where he wasn't modest, ladies. Man, I don't, I don't preach on this stuff much, but somewhere along the line, we got to address some of this. This booty short wearing stuff, man, it's got to go. It shouldn't be, I mean, you can wear shorts and you can be fashionable and they could be a certain length and they can be cool, but they, just should, they shouldn't be riding up your butt crack. It's just, come on. I mean, you said butt crack on Sunday in church. Yes, I did. I just said it again. Why? Because some of these things need to be addressed. We were on a bus, Julie and I, uh, going to the airport in San Diego, I think. And and this couple that doesn't. They, this is what he said. He said, "I'm not religious or anything, but man, you ought to see what we start in a conversation with me. you. Ought to see. He said me. You ought to see what we just saw. I said, "What'd you see? He said. He said, uh, "This young girl is dressed. She's got her shorts are all up or behind. She's got a top on the show and everything. She can't be 13, 14 years old." He said, I'm not religious. I said, well, I am, but not maybe the way you think. I said, I have a relationship with Jesus, and what's crazy is this unbeliever and I are in total agreement that that looks wrong. He's like, I couldn't believe this guy. She was with her dad. One thing, she's sneaking around wearing clothes like that. Her dad was with her. He was like, he was him and his wife were like flabbergasted. They went on and on and on about it. Man, guys, we can dress cool and we can dress sharp and we can dress modern, but we don't have to dress uh, where we're caught. Man, women, do you understand? And some women do. Men are visual and that you're tempting every man that walks by to look and lust. And God's going to hold you accountable just as much as He's going to hold that man accountable. Man, we got to be the church. I said, we got to be the church. And, you know, we don't, we're not, we don't have a dress code. And we're not saying all women have to wear dresses and no makeup and none of that. I mean, shoot. I'll stop right there. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm stopping. All the men are like, shut up, Pastor Troy, shut up. Save yourself. But, but oh, no, I can't say it. It wasn't good. No. Oh, no, I better not say that. Uh, but but listen listen, you know men are so vain. They look in the mirror. They're 500 pounds overweight, and they, they still think they look good. They're like, "Baby, <laughs> look at this." You know. Women are harder on themselves. But but listen, uh, we still we can dress we can dress sharp, but we can dress modest. Guys, it just we shouldn't be like the world. We shouldn't act like them. We shouldn't be like them. We shouldn't be out there cursing like crazy. People think when it says Jesus cursed the fig tree, that he cussed the fig tree out. He didn't cuss the fig tree out. Man, guys, it's not about, it's not about becoming self-righteous or some kind of prude. or Man, it's about just common sense Christianity. The Holy Spirit is ve- You know, when you have common sense and you're a reasonable person... You, that's, that's the Holy Spirit I said that's Holy Spirit's reasonable has a lot of common sense that only comes from the Holy Spirit that's why it's not common that's why common sense is not common because a lot of people are listening to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is very common sense oriented he created that wisdom I said he created that wisdom Go with me to the last verse we're going to look at today. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're wrapping this up. We'll stop there because we're going to pick it up there. Ephesians chapter 2. Ladies, don't be mad at me about the makeup comment. I can already, I didn't even look at Julie. She's already shaking her head. He says this in Ephesians 2:7, throughout the coming ages, we will be we will be the visible display. We will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. We'll be a visible display throughout the ages. He's always wanted his people be a visible display of His riches poured out in us, His grace, His kindness. He said, for by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could have earned this salvation, For for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ, so no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving." We become as poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. He said in verse 13, yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now, everybody say now. Now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He made made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ by dying as our sacrifice. He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. He goes on to say in verse 19, so you are not foreigners or guests, that's why, guys, we don't call anybody here that serves. I just talked to the Unite class that we don't, we don't call anybody volunteers here because you're not a foreigner nor a guest. You're not either one here because God says you're not. He says you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the holy ones, the set-apart ones, the different ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. All the rights of the family members of the household of God. We're family. That's why I can say butt crack and you guys will be okay. Sorry if I offended anybody. Still funny though, kind of, you know. <laughs> I'm just get myself in more trouble. I need to stop. Listen, God's calling us out to be different. Let's be different. Let's let's listen to the voice and lead, being led by the Spirit, not by our flesh. Let, let, Let God put us on display for this whole valley to see that there's some people out here that love God. There's some people out here, they're not perfect, but they love God, and they're set apart for Him, and we're doing everything we can. Not trying, we're doing everything we can to live His way, to live the right way. His way. And let our love be genuine. The Bible says, let our, let your love be genuine. That you hate evil and you love things that are good. Let's be genuine. Let's be real. Because the whole world's watching. The whole world needs it. Listen, every eye closed. You're in here this morning, man. Just feel please, Just close your eyes for a minute. Just be still and think just for a second. Think about your life. We're... What direction is your life going? Are you following Jesus? You might think, man, I, I didn't even know I was sh- supposed to be. I didn't know either. I was ignorant, and that's why God showed me so much mercy. If you just don't know, you, you're like, I wasn't raised like that. I wasn't raised to think like that. I wasn't drugged to church. I, I, wasn't, I, di- I didn't know. I don't know. Just didn't know, I didn't know. Well, God's mercy is right here for you. Maybe you do know better. And you've walked in rebellion. And because of it, man, you're getting a rebel's, you're getting a rebel's results of your life. No matter what you do that succeeds, it never seems to be enough. Or maybe you just keep failing. Watch the story of Elvis. Succeeded and had everything. He had the gold, the gals, the fame. He had it all. Everything this world had to offer and more. And yet he had nothing because he didn't have Jesus. He wasn't following Jesus. So maybe you're not ignorant to it. Maybe you just didn't but either way, God's giving you an opportunity right now today, whether you're online or listening, to turn around, turn around, turn around and, and pray and say, God, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. I repent. I want to change my life. I need your help. And he will do it. He'll help you. I want to give my life to you. Because I'm not God. You're God. And I don't want to follow Satan anymore. I, want to follow, I don't want to follow the one that hates me. I want to follow the one that loves me. And his name is Jesus Christ the Lord. If you're ready to turn it around online send us a message. I don't care if you're watching live right now or watching later this week send us a message saying listen I, I'm praying right now I'm praying for the first time I'm praying for the next time just tell us tell us what's going on just acknowledge it to somebody publicly online because God said if you acknowledge me publicly if you're not ashamed of me publicly then I'll confess you before the Father. Don't be ashamed of the decision you're making today. It's the greatest decision you've ever made. If you found a great restaurant, you tell everybody you knew. This is greater than that. This is a life-changing, eternity-changing decision. Tell everybody you know. Send a message to us online. And in this room, I'm going to ask you on the count of three just to lift your hand up. Just put it up high. Say, it's me. I'm going to get right with God today, whether my first time or my next time. I'm getting right. And then put your hand down, and then we're all going to pray. Right where you're seated, we're going to pray. Right where you're at online, we're going to pray. So if that's you in this room, on the count of three, one, two, three. Now raise your hand and say, it's me. I'm going to get right with God. I'm coming out of the world. I'm going to stop following the devil. I'm going to follow Jesus. Anybody else? Put your hands up high. There you go great job. You can put them all down now. Great job. Thank you all. God bless you. Let's all pray with these that have raised their hand and pray together. We're in this together, right? I said we're in this together. We're all in this together. Let's pray this all together. Say God, I believe you sent Jesus. He died for my sins and his blood is sacred. It's holy and was the price for my sin. I believe that. I believe you raised him from the dead and you conquered sin and death for me. So I didn't have to live as a slave to sin in this life. And I don't have to. Bear the punishment of eternal death in the next life. Father, you offer forgiveness, mercy. And you offer the Holy Spirit to teach me how to be holy, set apart as you are holy. And I take that today and I ask you to forgive me. Of all my sins. By the holy blood of Jesus. I receive. Your full pardon. Your full forgiveness. Right now. And I say to you Jesus. You are the Lord. Jesus Christ. Of my life. My life is yours. Just as you gave your life for me. I give my life. To you, And I receive now the Holy Spirit to teach me how to live for you. How to be a blessing and walk in your blessings. How to honor you and be separate and part of the solution, not part of the problem. And to live with you forever in a place called heaven. Thank you. For saving me. In Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.